Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All views of the world should unite by this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning, good morning, listeners. And that's right, uh, it's Asia Pacific Currents brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links. My name is Pierre Morrow, and I'll bring you this program of or this week's or a program of Asia Pacific Currents. And thanks very much to Solidarity Breakfast for another interesting program. And of course, we were listening there to the music of the Warumpi Band, Island Home. I actually know that song and I think they're great. I don't think they're still around, but they were a great um, Aboriginal band. Now on uh, today's uh, program, it'll just be myself and um, the best wishes go to Giselle, who's actually undergone an operation, but she's recovering in hospital. So um, all the best, Giselle. Hope you're feeling better and we look forward to having you back in the studio, if not next Saturday, I'm sure the one afterwards. Um, but if you're interested in anything that you hear on today's program, you can always go to our Facebook site or our website as well. And we also uh, put information out on Twitter. And of course, the AWL website was uh, was down for a few days this week, but it's it's all up. Bit of a technical uh, maintenance issue there, so it's www.aawl.org.au. Now, um, before we get to the now, actually, today's uh, program is going to be a slightly different one because um, we're not going to have a really a news roundup of the region because we have. Uh, one long interview, which is uh, split into two parts. I, uh, in the last couple of days, I spoke to Abhinav uh, Singha, who is a labour activist with the labour organisation called Bigul Mazdur Dasta in uh, India. There's been a number of major industrial disputes in the last couple of months in India, at Bridgestone, Maruti Suzuki, and uh, as we brought to you before, the... Um, the visit of the Sangyong workers to India from Korea. So we'll be analysing all those uh, during this program. So it'll be a uh, interview split into two parts. But before we go, there will be a, a number of announcements uh, at the end of the show of, of upcoming events. But just to let uh, let you give you one is this Wednesday we've got a AWL public meeting on um, fascism, Islamophobia and the rise of political Islam and what uh, what do we say as unionist and labour activists to all this. So it'll be a very interesting public meeting. We've got international speakers on Skype as well um, participating. So I certainly um, recommend anyone to, to come and uh, see um, what as labour uh, activists uh, we should say and what position we should have on all these issues. That's um, that's the third part of a three-part series that we've uh, done on, on this issue. Um, and it's going to be this Wednesday, the 4th of November, 6pm, Everett Room at First Floor of Trades Hall. But I'll repeat those later in the program. But that's all um, from me right now. We'll go straight to the first part of the interview with uh, Abhinav uh, Singha, who is uh, a spokesperson of the Indian Labour Group called Bigur Mazdur Dasta.
We've just witnessed a number of major industrial actions in northern India around New Delhi and Gurugaon. And one of these was the, a, a strike at the Bridgestone uh, Tyre factory. Can you tell us the yes. background to this strike? The basic issue in the Bridgestone strike was the right of the workers to form their independent union. And the workers had been struggling for this right for quite some time. And they were assisted in this struggle by one of the central trade unions, uh, which is Indian National Trade Union Congress. It's affiliated to the Congress Party. So that's INTEC, uh, in abbreviation. INTEC, INTEC was uh, assisting them in the process of registration of their factory union. But first of all, even the labor office had accepted their application. And it was willing to go ahead with the process of registration. But when the company management and the company owners intervened in the process, the labor office just changed its stance and it, it started to pick some minor problems in the registration form and registration documents and all and tried to stall the process of reg registration. That finally led to this strike of uh, Bridgestone workers. So basically it was not for some immediate economic right, but the political right to form an independent union. That was the core of the issue. All the workers at Bridgestone took part in this strike or was there division among the workforce? Because there were hundreds of, of workers that went out on the picket line. Most of the workers were part of the strike. Very few workers were there who were contract workers who were still going in the factory, but basically the factory was closed when the strike started. So it was almost, uh, I mean, 100% participation of workers. That sounds fantastic. And, and obviously for people who might not know, a lot of these factories are, are in very big industrial zones. So was there a lot of support yeah. from other workers in other factories around the Bridgestone factory? Yeah, what happened had, has happened uh, time and again. When struggle in one factory starts, unions from different factories come to extend their support in terms of uh, lift service type of support. They, support. they come to the location of strike where the workers are assembled and they extend their support. Mostly the leaders of different unions come. They prevent the workers from coming to, the, to other workers' strikes. So in this strike also, leaders of different uh, Central Trade Union Federation came to the strike location and extended their official formal support to the strike, but they never took any solidarity action, which they were able to take, but they never took any solidarity action. For example, most of the automobile sector unions are affiliated with Hindustan Mazdoor Sangh, HMS, which is a trade union affiliated to the socialists, and the other big central trade union federation, which is active in the automobile sector, is Central Indian Trade Union. So these two, C2 and HMS, these unions also came to extend their formal support to that struggle. And when workers raised this question that if you really support our strike, then you should carry out some kind of in, uh, solidarity action in the factories where your unions are active, and you can at least hold one-day symbolic strike or two-day symbolic solidarity strike. When pressurized by workers, they said that they will do it, 
but they never did it. And this was one of the reasons of the isolation of the stone worker struggles and ultimately the collapse of struggles. Certainly what you've described uh, is something that is very common and, and uh, many of us unionists would know that, that real uh, workplace support and secondary industrial actions are really, really powerful. So can yeah. you tell us how long did they stay out? And I believe they actually had to withstand some very serious assault by police and goons as well. Yeah, I think the strike was for more than one month. And it was not only the police administration, basically the hired bouncers and goons of the company management regularly tried to threaten the workers. Ultimately, one day when the strike was still going on, the company management agreed, I mean persuaded, one of the other government departments, which is some kind of uh, urban administration, Shivani will be able to tell about that, some uh, Haryana government uh, department of urban development or something, uh, they persuaded that department to force the worker to evict the land because the land belonged to that department. It was some kind of a car parking space or something like that where the workers had been sitting on uh, dharna, striking. So the company management in collusion with one of the government departments of the state government exposed the workers to evict that place and when the workers denied and refused to uh, go away from that place, they sent uh, the makeshift arrangements where they had been sitting, their tent was bulldozed by the government. And all of this was done at behest of the company administration. So government was directly acting as a representative of the company management. And they were not, they didn't even accept or no government official came to the workers strike to ask for their charter of demand or know about the uh, real issues involved in the struggle. So the government was completely callous towards the workers' strike. And not only callous, they acted actively uh, on behalf of the company management. So it, regularly they were threatened, they were harassed. Small scuffles used to happen regularly between the workers and the goons of factory. So it was constantly a pressure from the company management through government as well as extra government agencies like bouncers and goons. Unfortunately, what you described uh, is very common all around the world, the collusion between governments and the capitalists and the use of, of hired thugs. Um, as a last question, yeah. just on, on this um, disputed Bridgestone, so the workers have gone back and I presume they still haven't got the independent union. So what, what is their feeling and what are the next steps for them? The workers ultimately went back to their house homes uh, because the central union which was claiming to uh, assist them in the process of registration the union which i named earlier indian national trade union congress they persuaded the workers to go back to their homes after more than one month of the strike the central trade union federation persuaded the workers to go back to their homes and they said that we will look after the matter legally and you should stay assured. We will look after your interests and there is no need to panic, but the strike should not be uh, prolonged anymore, any longer. So you should go back home and we should uh, carry uh, on this process of struggle in the court of law and all, which, is definite, which definitely is not going to happen because 
uh, in the last 20 to 25 years, the attitude of the labor administration and labor court has completely changed. Before 25 years, there were people in labor court who used to take some pro-labor decisions. But now, in the last 25 to 30 years, that has completely changed. And everybody knows it. The small factory unions, the big trade union federations, everybody knows it. That generally, through legal struggles, workers are never to win over their rights. So everybody knew that it was basically a call to surrender, which the trade union federation leadership was presenting as something of a strategy that let's uh, stop the strike now, go back to our homes, and let's carry on the struggle legally. It was basically a call to surrender the movement, end the movement. So right now, the workers have slowly beginning to de detach themselves from the uh, intact leadership, and they're trying to reorganize. And they're also, one of the options that they are considering is coming to the political capital, New Delhi, to protest. And one of the major lacuna of this struggle was that they never approached any government agency. They continued their strike in front of the factory, and they never uh, approached the labor administration of Haryana government or the labor commissioner or the labor court. They even failed to uh, carry on or continue the process of legal proceeding properly. Or legal arm of the movement was completely paralyzed. And intact leadership itself was using strategy of uh, making the workers wait, wait, and finally, you know, out of fatigue and out of tent waiting, just surrender their struggle and go back to their homes. So if the intact leadership was honest, I mean, had the intact leadership been honest about leading their struggle properly, there might have been some other outcome of this struggle because the unity was unprecedented. Everybody was there in the struggle. But they misguided the movement, left the movement in isolation, and in this uh, Intech leadership was supported by other central trade union federations. Ultimately, they succeeded. The workers were tired of waiting, and the oppression of state was increasing, so the movement was also collapsing due to that also. So these two factors were principally responsible. So right now, at present, the struggle has almost collapsed, but the workers are still trying to reorganize it, and now they are trying to reorganize it autonomously, independently of any central trade union federation. We are in touch with them and we are trying to uh, see what can be done about it. That's very sad to hear that the, the struggle has collapsed, but also at least there's some hope that, you know, sometime a hard lesson do lead to better outcomes. So we'll certainly uh, be wanting to know in the future how they go. Hey, this is Nick from Pinyar. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. You're listening to 3CR. This is Billy X. Jennings of the Black Panther Party. Power to the people. It's just... Uh 
coming up to 16 past 9 o'clock and you're listening to Asia Pacific Currents brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Link. And um, that was the first part of an interview I did uh, this week with Abhinav Sinha from the Bigul Mazdur Dasta Labour Group in India about uh, industrial disputes. He was talking mainly about the uh, Bridgestone uh, dispute in that first part. We'll now go back to the second part to talking about the Maruti Suzuki and the Sangyong Korean workers' visit. Another big industrial dispute in the last that little while, and that was at Maruti Suzuki, which, as yeah. listeners would would know, we've covered um, a couple of years ago. There was a there was a huge strike yeah. and uh, industrial action and movement, but just recently yeah. there has been another strike, and I believe another mass arrest of the new bunch of casual workers who wanted a permanent uh, status. Yeah, yeah. yeah, basically uh, the issue is started with a new settlement between the permanent workers' union and the factory management. In the new settlement, the factory management raised uh, the wages of the permanent workers to 50,000 rupees per month. At the same time, the company management refused to give anything to the uh, contract workers and the casual workers, basically contract workers. And in uh, reaction to that, the contract workers took to streets and they held a huge uh, demonstration at the com- company gate, I think, 40 or 45 days ago. In that uh, dharna, they were not only demanding a raise in their wages, but also they were demanding that they are doing a work of permanent nature, a perennial nature work is being done by the contract workers. And that is why even legally the company management is not allowed constitutionally to hire contract workers or casual workers to do perennial nature work. And therefore, uh, the contract workers should be made permanent. And the basic demand was this, the demand to become permanent and the company management refused to pay heed to their demand and the police not only arrested number of workers but before arrest there was a brutal lati charge on workers outside the factory one of the major thing that d- differentiates this time this movement from the earlier rounds of movement in maruti suzuki is that the sectional divide was very clear when the contract workers asked the permanent workers union to support them the permanent workers whose salaries had just been raised to 50,000, they clearly refused to do it. They clearly refused to even extend support, even in formal terms, or even paying lip service to the contract workers' movement. They completely turned away. They clearly said that, look, brothers, we can't do anything about it. You have to wage your struggle yourself. We the permanent workers, our salaries have been increased to 50,000 rupees. And if we extend support to you, that might be undone by the company management and that will be a huge loss to us. Therefore, we will not be able to extend any support to you. So the permanent workers who form hardly uh, 20% of workforce in Maruti, even uh, it might be even less. So the 20% of the workforce has been successfully co-opted by the company man- management by giving them hefty salaries. On the other hand, the contract workers' salaries and the casual workers' salaries have been freed, staying at the same level for the past few years. So that's the basic issue. And the new thing is that the contract workers' movement, the early, even in earlier round, when in 2011, 12, and 13, the Maruti Suzuki workers' movement was going on, the claim that the sectional divide between the workers has 
been overcome by the movement was a false claim it was not like that but at that time at least the formal workers were extending formal support to the contract workers at least their charter demand included the demand of contract workers this time they even refused to do that so this was a new thing in this movement that's very sad to to hear that the company has managed to divide the the workers and obviously it's using the casualization as the the core of its workforce and and just very quickly abinav so where is the dispute on now is there still a dispute or have they really been defeated for the time being all these um casual contracted out workers for the time being i think they have been defeated but there is a large scale simmering discontent in maruti suzuki and it holds true even for other big multinational companies plants for example hero honda and uh, most importantly three plants of maruti suzuki hero and honda these five plants the biggest plants in the automobile sector area there is a intense discontent against the company against the company management among workers and it might the next round of struggle might break out in any one of these factories maruti has a history of struggle and that's why it's quite volatile and workers immediately took to straight uh, streets when the new settlement happened but it might happen anywhere right now but the thing they have been defeated and a lot of workers are still in jail and a few workers have been fired by the company management and new contract workers have been hired for the time being the movement has subsided they have succeeded in doing that thank you for that we're running out of time but i just want to touch just very quickly on one last point that earlier this month there was a delegation of korean sangyeon or sak sangyeon workers that went to yeah. mumbai and other parts of india to try and gain some support and also to meet the new owners of sangyeon but did they actually yeah. meet and link up with worker organizations um auto worker organizations in india no i think because uh, the most of the time they stayed in mumbai and in mumbai there are uh, major unions which are active in automobile sector but there is no automobile plants in mumbai area as such in a nearby town pune there is a big automobile plant of bajaj but in mumbai itself uh, there is no automobile plant as as such there might be some small spare parts unit or something like that but there is no major automobile industry in mumbai so they were in touch with almost all of the major central trade union federation leaderships for example uh, hms bms c2 aitc and all these major central trade union federations and their leadership they met sangyeon workers and uh, there was a meeting also held by the c2 leader- leadership i think yeah c2 leadership and a trade union affiliated with shiv sena uh, it's extreme far right fascist party regional fascist party in maharashtra the state where mumbai is so shiv sena affiliated trade union and sciitu which is affiliated with cpm communist party of india marxist so these two unions called a meeting in which different representatives from trade unions assembled and they talked with sangyeon workers we were also there uh, so there was no direct meeting with workers as far as i know 
there was no they were not able to meet with the automobile workers and the leadership which met them most of them they just prevented i somehow refrained and prevented the shanyong workers from carrying out an aggressive public propaganda thing in india which could have created a pressure of on uh, anil bahindra because every company is uh, very sensitive about its brand image and all so they could have created a pressure had they come to delhi and held a press conference in new delhi and let the media and indian people know about the plight of the sangyong workers and by coming to delhi they would have also been able to meet automobile sector workers here in the ncr new new uh, national capital region gurgaon is very near to delhi so they could they would have been able to meet other real automobile sector unions in delhi which was not possible in mumbai and i think they were not very well informed about the situation geopolitical situation in india that's why it's not their fault but the changing workers fault but the people who were guiding them i mean they intentionally blocked something which had potential to create a struggle in the mahindra company we extended our suggestions but most of them i mean we were in minority they didn't even get in touch with independent radical trade unions also they were in touch with the major electoral trade union federations and that's why they couldn't go beyond a certain point so i don't think they really achieved something here in in mumbai in india thank you for for that abina for that very um interesting and insightful comments and um it does show the uh sometimes the difficulty of uh, of creating good international solidarity and effective organizing at an international and global level so we thank you very much for uh your very comprehensive you. reports and well done on all your work and we'll certainly keep in touch in the future sure thank you CR always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone contracted out to sham contracting arrangements. On 8:55 a.m. and on the web 3cr.org.au. We've got a couple of minutes left. It's just uh, almost uh, 9.27. And um, you were just listening to the second part of the interview for the extended interview that we did today with Abhinav Singha from the Bigu Mazdu Dasta uh, Labour Group in India about the industrial disputes at Bridgestone, Maruti Suzuki and the um, visit by the Korean Sangyong workers to India. I hope you enjoyed that. Just a, a quick few announcements just to let you know again. This week... Wednesday we're having a public meeting on Islamophobia, the rise of political Islam and uh, the position of the union movement. What do we say and how do we organize? Uh, we have international speakers to this meeting. It's a public meeting. It's this Wednesday the 4th of November 6 p.m. 6 p.m. to 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. the Everett Room at Trades Hall first floor of Trades Hall. So um, everyone's welcome. There's also a demonstration today for uh, justice for indigenous uh, 
um, people by the um, and um, because there's been another death in custody uh, Sean Coolwell uh, died a few weeks ago so uh, the ISTRA which is the Indigenous Solidarity Justice for Justice Association having a rally at 11am so in about an hour and a half in the city square here in Melbourne and tomorrow is World Kobane Day, which, of course, Kobane is in northern, uh, north uh, east Syria or north um, west or northern Syria, really. Um, and uh, they're fighting both uh, IS and the uh, Assad government. Um, there's the World Kobane Day rally tomorrow at 2 p.m. at the State Library here in Melbourne. So that's all that we've got for you today. Uh, you've been listening to Asia Pacific Currents, the uh, radio program of Australia Asia Worker Links. If you want more information, you can go to all the w at an aawl.org.au or go to our Facebook page and you'll be able to hear many more information about this and other labour struggles in the region. But we'll be back next week with more information about the labour movement in the Asia-Pacific um, region. But um, stay tuned after a couple of community announcements and um, for Palestine Remembered. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.